Hey everyone, this is Rose Daly, the City Sustainability Coordinator of Sun Prairie, and you're listening to the Sustainable Sun Prairie Podcast, the show that aspires to educate, empower, and engage our listeners in all aspects of sustainability. Whether you are a seasoned sustainability enthusiast or just beginning your sustainability journey, each episode will have something new and exciting for everyone. Let's begin the conversation for a greener community. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sustainable Sun Prairie. I'm your host, Rose Daly, and I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome you to a special holiday edition of our podcast. It is the month of December and the holiday season is officially upon us. I am so excited. Today we'll be unwrapping the secrets to a joyous yet eco-conscious holiday celebration. We'll be exploring everything from mindful gift giving to decorating sustainably and reducing food waste. We'll also be discussing the great debate of real versus fake holiday trees and uncovering which is truly more sustainable. So grab your favorite mug of cocoa, cozy up by the fireplace, and let's embark on a journey to discover how we can infuse the spirit of sustainability into every aspect of our holiday celebrations. Joining me here today are two very lovely guests who have put in a lot of effort into greening their own holiday celebrations. Angela Rivera is the Education Coordinator for Lucier Family Heritage Center, which is an entity of Dane County Land and Water Department and Dane County Parks. Angela spent her last three years working as a 7th grade science and social studies teacher with Sun Prairie Area School District, where she was able to complete multiple sustainability initiatives with her students. Angela is a mom to a 4- and 2-year-old, and she identifies as a Sun Prairie resident, even though she actually lives 100 yards outside of the border in the town of Burke. Also joining today is Sujata Gotem. She stewards outreach and education efforts for the Dane County Department of Waste and Renewables as Sustainability Engagement Coordinator, leading award-winning projects such as Trash Lab, which invites community members to rethink their relationship with stuff. She is a circular economy enthusiast and is proud to be part of a team that is working to advance the circular economy. When she's not talking trash, Sujata is often traveling and exploring the great outdoors, naturally picking up litter along the way. Thank you both so much for being here today. I am so excited for this conversation. How are both of you doing? Doing good. Yeah, Yeah, excited to be here. Loving the topic at hand. (laughs) Yes, very excited as well. Before we start talking about greening our holiday celebrations, I really think it is important for us to first acknowledge and understand the amount and types of waste that we produce during the holidays. I feel that if we can have a clearer picture of this in our minds, it will hopefully give us the motivation to begin making those shifts toward a more sustainable holiday celebration. We can't identify a solution if we first don't understand the problem, right? So in my research for this episode, I learned that Americans on average toss out 25% more trash during the holiday season than any other time of the year. This was honestly really shocking for me. I knew that we produced more waste during the holidays because of gift giving, sharing large meals, etc. But I personally didn't realize it was this high. So Sujata, since you work at the landfill, I'm curious to know if we see a similar spike in waste at the Dane County landfill during the holiday season. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Rose. And funny enough, um, when I looked at the stats um, this morning in terms of 
how our waste trends look throughout the year, we actually see the biggest spikes in our community during the August-September timeframe. And I thought about it for a little bit and realized that is exactly when we have move out and move in. It's when the lease change is over. And we tend to see a lot of waste generation at that time of year because we, uh, you know, live in Dane County and Madison hosts University of Wisconsin. And there's um, hundreds and hundreds of students that are making that move and so that's actually when we tend to see our spikes at our landfill Um, but I will say we definitely see the waste composition change closer to the holidays we'll notice a lot more plastic wreaths maybe coming in we um, accept holiday string lights for recycling at our clean sweep program so we'll definitely see a lot of holiday related waste either coming into the landfill or coming in to get recycled at our facilities. Okay, gotcha. And that's really interesting, but I think it does make sense. I know when I was a college student, I was moving out of my dorm. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of waste produced. Students were throwing furniture in the garbage. Um, right. So I think that does make sense. I, I was originally going to say, does that mean we're really good about waste around the holidays <laughs> here? But I think I think maybe it's overshadowed by that. I so. think so. And I will I will note that we do call that move out, move in weekend hippie Christmas around here because oh, yes. it yeah, does feel like that, it yeah. is a holiday <laughs> and we do see a lot of waste generation around hippie Christmas holiday. <laughs> so it's the best time to go dumpster diving, essentially. Yes. <laughs> or just even rousing the neighborhood and people put a lot of good things in the curves. Um, okay. which is which is nice too but inevitably we do see a lot of that at the landfill gotcha yeah. gotcha um so a question for both of you now that we've kind of identified this you know greater amount of waste that's being produced around the holidays where specifically do we see waste in our holiday celebrations for me like when i decide to have children we actually have like way more waste now and partially i think it becomes it with um, family members loving our children so much. They want to give them so many gifts, which I I really appreciate all of that. But um, I feel like we just keep getting and getting and getting things. And my kids, you know, they, they're four and two. So they just, like, move on from things very quickly. So we end up seeing a lot of stuff coming in, especially gift wrap, like where I'm, like, trying to reuse all these bags from multiple years ago. And then also we have tons of gift wrap um, at our house from Mm -hmm. having family visit um, just like spikes ours up so just having those family gatherings like you mentioned before like definitely is a big waste generator in our house where we can control what we're doing but then we are inviting our family in and it changes the dynamic of our home yeah that is a struggle going to the gift wrapping I try to wrap my gifts that I give people in cloth or like a recyclable paper but I can't guarantee they're going to do the same for me right yeah Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say something very similar um, to Angela in that that's where I mostly feel the pain points around the holidays where I'm like, oh, my loved ones are so kind and want to gift me things, but um, I don't want all this packaging waste. And luckily, all my close relatives know me at this point, so they'll make sure they like give me a gift and like something that's easily recyclable. So I really appreciate that uh, the loved ones that truly like know you will go the extra mile to to kind of make sure they're giving you a gift that you can fully appreciate uh, in terms of its low impact on the environment. <laughs> that's definitely a struggle. Yeah. I'm wondering um, if you guys think we have a culture of returning gifts after the holidays for maybe things we didn't want or didn't need. Do we have a culture of that here in America? 
I feel like yes and no. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when you were talking, I was thinking sure. about this exactly as, like, my family used to, like, give me gifts, and then I would, like, have this such anxiety over the fact yeah. that they gave me this and I was not going to use it that I would come back later and be like can I have a receipt <laughs> receipt to return it and it was so it's so painful like I feel yeah. bad but now they just give me the receipts but you know is that great I don't know mm-hmm. um so I can at least return it for something that I know I'm going to use and um in my lifestyle that I have but I don't know what happens to that stuff after it goes to the back to the store yeah, yeah. I I think that's so great that you're bold enough to ask for the receipt. I know what I tended to do growing up was I would keep the gift even though I knew I wouldn't use it, but I would write a note on it that told me who provided the gift and keep it in the corner of my closet where I kept all the gifts that people gave me that I wasn't going to use so I could find opportunities to re-gift it throughout the year. <laughs> Um, and the the crucial thing was to make sure you wrote who gave it to you mm-hmm. so you don't accidentally end up giving them that gift back. Um, so I, um, yeah, I that was sort of my strategy for navigating that. Yeah. But I feel as a kid, I do remember going to the store right after the holidays and just seeing incredibly long return lines um, and wondering, wow, are all the things that people return truly going to to make it back on the shelves or get bought again to be used. And I'm not sure how much of that gets thrown away. Yeah, I um, I like to think that when I return a new gift to the store, um, same situation, you got something you don't want or you don't need, you get the receipt for it, you bring it back. I was under the impression that those returns would go back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But I, I did a little research into this because I was curious about it too. You know, like what happens once that gift is out of our hands and back into the store's hands? I found through the National Retail Foundation that around the holidays, we actually generate 5 billion pounds of landfill waste, which is directly from returns, gifts that are returned because the receiver didn't want them. And that blew my mind. And I didn't understand that because a lot of times these are brand new gifts that someone just didn't want. They didn't necessarily open it or use it. Um, So I did a little bit more digging and I found that a lot of times companies it's, it's gonna be more affordable for companies to simply throw the item in the trash than to spend the time and money inspecting the product and then relisting it or reshelving it, mm-hmm. which is, I think that does make sense. Um, there's a higher chance your item will end back up on the shelf if you return it to a physical brick and mortar store. It's less likely, a lot less likely, if it's an online order like through Amazon. Oh, sure. But th- that statistic was very shocking to me. Yeah, and very disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I like your idea, though, of regifting it. That's a, a much more sustainable solution. A quick pop quiz for you two. Do you know which type of gift is most often returned? Like, which category of gift? Sure. I don't know. I think as soon as you asked me that question, the the kitchen category item came to mind for me first. I don't know, though, because I also feel that's an easy one to hang around and, and re-gift to someone else, like as a housewarming gift. But for some reason, kitchen kitchen-related item came first to me. And I'm thinking maybe clothes. Okay. Because I feel like it's really hard to get a person's size right, but then you also think of, like, personal style. And sure. people are just buying some. I don't know. That's I don't like one. when people yeah. buy me clothes. <laughs> so I'm with you. Yeah. I'm too picky, right? Um, so, Angela, you're actually correct. Yay. 43% of returns oh. are 
clothing, clothing or accessories. But then Sujata, you're also right there in second place. Oh, 20%. <laughs> awesome. 20% is household items, so including stuff for your kitchen. So sure. that's crazy. Now, the lowest one on the list. So here's what you can buy people that they pretty much won't return. The lowest item is music, food, and drinks. So you can't <laughs> go wrong with great those. Gift. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what to get, just get food. <laughs> yep. So, Angela, you also brought up gift wrapping, and we had we had briefly talked about that, um, but I found that around the holidays, Americans throw out 2.3 million pounds of wrapping paper. Wrapping paper is super lightweight. How do we get to 2.3 million pounds? That's absolutely insane to me. And something else is the majority of wrapping paper is not recyclable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this test you can do where if you take your piece of wrapping paper and you crumple it into a ball, if it like uncrumples slightly, that means there's like plastic in it and you can't recycle it. If it stays in its crumpled shape, it's fully paper and you can recycle it. But majority of wrapping paper is glossy or has glitter on it mm-hmm. or foil yep. or something mm-hmm. else, like some weird texture on it so that you can't actually recycle it. And I think that's why so much of that ends up in the trash. Yeah, and if you're like me, you can pick a plain wrapping paper and then, you know, a cute little ribbon, which I end up keeping the ribbons and I, <laughs> I like, scrapbook with them. Yeah. So I have, like, <laughs> this big pile of, like, random ribbons from, like, over time that either I'll reuse, like, sure. bows. My family always kept, so we, like, just take the bow off, put it back in, a bag mm-hmm. for the next year. But, like, pretty ribbons, like, you know, you can jazz up a gift, like, with some, like, recyclable material. Or you can, you know, use newspaper or whatever you're finding and, like, jazz it up with a little bow that you might have. Um, but then again, like, will the person you give it to use it for that purpose? If you give it to me, I will definitely be like, oh, I'll keep that <laughs> sparkly yellow bow. So... I love that. If you can extend the bow's life a little bit, it's going to make a difference. (laughs) So I think another area around the holidays where we see waste is through our decorating. Have either of you heard of or experienced the decoration turnover? Yeah, I think part of, like, I've seen, so I'm part of, like, some buy nothing groups, and I constantly see, like, Christmas trees on there, and I just... I have a pre-lit Christmas tree, so I have one of the fake ones, so when we get there later, um, that's where I, I stand right now. Um, but, like, part of, right after we bought it, maybe like a month after we bought this tree, one of the lights went out, which put a whole section of our tree out, mm-hmm. and it was so annoying because some people just get rid of their trees or, like, take off the whole string, and then, well, you bought pre-lit Christmas tree, so you never have to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. But then I had to go in between all these branches and take out every single bulb and put a new bulb, like, I traded them in and out. And it took me probably, like, 45 minutes to find it because it was, of course, one of the last bulbs on the oh. string. But then it's going in and out of the tree, and it's just, it was the biggest pain in my butt. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> but I just, like, hated it. So I can understand why people wouldn't want to take the extra time to go and do that because it is time-consuming to repair and do those things around the holidays when you could throw it out and get a new one by the time that 45 minutes was up right Um, right so it's kind of a trade-off like do you want to just throw out the inconvenient tree that has a burned out bulb and then pay a little bit more to get a new one or spend the time that you did to repair your tree essentially um, I actually hadn't really heard of decoration turnover until I was doing research for this episode. Because what I do is I just, like, I went out a couple of years ago, bought a couple decorations for my house, and that's what I use now. But I guess there's this whole, like, aspect of you need new decor oh, every sure. single year to keep mm-hmm. up with the trends and the styles. 
So for example, I just went on Instagram and I saw that there's this whole like 2023 holiday decor trend that involves, um, so like the trend for this year is warm antique colors. So like burnt orange and like burgundy. Um, so if you have, you know, blue, green, you better throw that out because those are not in style this year. Um, another decor trend this year is nature inspired decor. I actually really like that. Like I love yeah. in- incorporating yeah, nature into my same. decorations. And then the third one is incorporating vintage pieces. And I actually, I like the trend this year because it's nature and vintage is like, you know, reusing items from the past. Yeah. But what I don't like is that there's this pressure on people in our society to keep switching out their decor every year, every couple of years to get these new items just to ensure they're keeping up with the trends and they're considered in style. Right. It reminds me a lot of fast fashion, to be quite yeah. honest, right? It's the yeah. same with clothing, right? You're keeping up with the latest trends every year. But how can we encourage a culture where it's fine? <laughs> it's fine to wear something that was in style maybe five, six, ten years ago. Um, so, yeah, that's mind-boggling to me, and I'm not surprised to hear. I, I don't think I knew of the term decoration turnover, but I certainly was aware that people are very into sort of doing something new every year uh, to have a fresh look. And it is unfortunate. I, I'd like to think people, if they did that, uh, were sustainable about how they did it and maybe tried to reuse some of the ones that they did from year to year. But I, I know that's probably not everybody. And, and as I mentioned earlier, too, we definitely see a lot of like, decorations coming into the landfill, like plastic wreaths that might have gotten a little too loved, for example, and, and other sorts of plastic decorations coming in. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know much about it, but like I'm definitely not a style person. Like decorating my house has been the hardest thing in my world. It's mostly blank still, so <laughs> I pick my couple things and that's what I use. I like yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I just can't do it. It's too stressful. Um, yeah, but I definitely know some people who are like they love the style of their home and it does look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like part of that trend could be moving more towards rentals and like how does that move in like where you could use this piece it will look really pretty for christmas but then it will also be used for wedding later when it's not oh, with the same right. color i like right. that idea yeah. yeah for sure that's great that's like a one million dollar idea you could start that <laughs> business right now yeah. well there's a lot of actual like rental companies in the area that do i just helped plan a friend's wedding and we were looking at different rental things and i definitely could see some of those bigger items that would cost a lot that you right. might not use that you yeah. could repurpose in different spaces if you're looking for it. Yeah, I think that needs to be a thing here. (laughs) Rental decoration company. (laughs) I'd be down for that. (laughs) Another part of decorating or I guess like traditions where I see waste in my own life, I was thinking back to this and it made me cry um, because of how wasteful it was. But when I was growing up, we used to make special reindeer feed for Santa's reindeer. (laughs) We would mix oats, which reindeers like to eat, with glitter. Because (laughs) Santa's reindeers, they don't just eat oats, right? They need special oats that have glitter in them. (laughs) So we would, like, mix up a big batch of, like, oats and, like, gold glitter. And then we would go out to our front lawn on Christmas Eve, and we would, like, sprinkle this mixture all over our lawn for Santa's reindeer. So they could have a treat when they visit our house. And as a kid, I was like, yes, this is so cool. Like, our yard's sparkly now. Santa cannot miss our house. But looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. For years, we were dumping glitter into the environment directly. I feel like if I go to my parents' house now and, like, dig in their front yard, I'm going to find glitter. glitter. So I think there's also traditions we have that just produce a lot of waste. And they're fun traditions, right? They get the kids excited. They get us excited. 
But overall, at the end of the day, we're just essentially creating waste through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking mm-hmm. of, like, bringing that tradition piece back to, like, what we started with, like, the types of gifts and things like that. So uh, um, I come from more of, like, a German tradition. So we do St. Nick's Day, which happens at the beginning of December. And then we do Christmas. And then um, I'm married to a man from Puerto Rico. And they're very highly Catholic there. And they do Three Kings Day, which actually happens after January 1st. Mm-hmm. So they like thinking of us having with our family now we have saint nick which is like we always do a small gift and then we have christmas and then we have three king's day so there's like three gift giving experiences uh-huh. that like because we, we want to both hold on to those traditions that we yeah. had growing up um, so it's hard to break some of those things and like how can we make those traditions more sustainable mm-hmm. very true yeah we have to find a way to kind of compromise with some of those traditions and with our culture, which sometimes creates barriers to moving towards sustainability. Um, so something else that I could see a lot of, because I know growing up, like always on Christmas Eve, we went to our neighbors and we would go to multiple holiday parties, but there's tons of food waste. Overall in the U.S., we waste about 40% of the food that's produced and that's from farm wow. to table. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. That's crazy to think about. Um, so. And when you think of all the people in need of food, especially during the holiday time when there's a lot more giving and consideration for donation, um, we actually could produce enough food for all the Americans that we have now, but we aren't able to even get it sometimes off the farm. So there's so many things that play into that of like, we have the food, but we're not able to use it um, through various reasons from contamination to maybe it's not the perfect banana. So that's like crazy to me. And like, if we think about some Mm -hmm. of the solutions for food waste to reduce like carbon um, emissions, Mm -hmm. and there's this thing called Project Drawdown, which they did a lot of scientific research behind um, what the solutions to climate change are. And reducing food waste is number three. Number three, before any like solar, things like that. So it's crazy that reducing food waste because of the methane it produces in landfill situations could be one of the top solutions um, to reducing our food waste problem. And then right behind that is plant-rich diets, so moving Mm -hmm. more towards vegetarian-based diets. So those are all things that we can definitely consider when we're planning our meals of how can we better plan for how many people are coming, what they like, and then also can we move more towards plant-based options when we have friends and family over for celebration. Absolutely. And just to sort of piggyback on that, you know, since I I work at the landfill, we uh, have a pretty good idea on the waste composition that we see uh, coming into the landfill as we do waste characterization studies uh, every so often to to examine the percentage of, for example, paper, plastics, metals, glass uh, in the waste stream. And the most recent waste characterization study that we conducted back in 2020 uh, illustrated to us that 34% of the material we're getting in the landfill currently is organics. Uh, So that includes like wasted food, um, unedible foods, uh, etc. So it's a significant amount of material that we see. And I think, you know, the statistics that we get 40% of food uh, thrown away that's bought, you know, from the grocery store, you know, resonates. It kind of makes sense because I see, I see how much food waste we get. And when I talk about it, I I tell people, you know, throwing away 40% of the food that you get from your household is literally like going to the grocery store, buying five bags of groceries, and then as soon as you walk in the door, throwing two two of those bags in the garbage can. That's essentially what that means. 
Yeah, and it's it, when you look at like what's being wasted in the food waste realm, like it's mostly fruits and vegetables. So think about like what you're buying at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Fruits and vegetables tend individually to be cheaper than like meats. So um, we're wasting mostly fruits and vegetables, which are cheaper than the meat that mm-hmm. we're consuming. So we're eating the meat because we, in some aspects, we value it more because we've spent more on the product. Where fruits and vegetables, like, oh, that salad went bad. I ate half of it. It's okay. But mm-hmm. we would never do that with, like, a nice filet mignon, right? <laughs> um, we wouldn't want to waste the other half of it. So it's interesting when we're thinking about what's being wasted and what's being prioritized. It is in somewhat a good way. We're prioritizing eating the meat, which has bigger carbon footprint than the fruits and vegetables, but we're still wasting so much of that product that we are purchasing. And some of it goes back to not knowing how to store it or not knowing what to use it for, you know, high ambitions (laughs) that we don't have. Right. And I do think around the holidays, we do see a lot of fruit and veggie platters or salads or appetizers. (laughs) And I do think those go bad first, like you said, and those are the ones that will get thrown out. Or those are the items that people don't want to take home with them as leftovers. They'd rather get the mashed potatoes, the gravy, the The turkey, the cookies. (laughs) Exactly. I think another place where we see a lot of waste is through greeting cards. This one's a bit more difficult to visualize because we essentially receive greeting cards and then we mail them out. We're not, you know, doing anything that Mm -hmm. is creating waste with them. Um, And we've actually been doing this since the 1860s. This is a big part of our culture is sending holiday greeting cards Um, I found the statistic that every year the U.S. mails 1.3 billion holiday cards per year. That's going to be a lot of paper used, but there's also greenhouse gas emissions associated with that because our mail trucks have to make extra routes around the holidays to deliver all of those greeting cards. So uh, another statistic related to that is all these greeting cards we are you know, shipping out across the country, the emissions associated with them is the same as the amount of energy we would have to use to charge 22 billion smartphones. So that's like, oh, wow. maybe that'll help you visualize. Yeah, that's a lot. I, like, wow, I can't yeah. even imagine 22 billion. Another one is um, the amount of energy that would be used to power 22,000 homes for one year. So that's, a, that's easier for me to visualize. But the emissions, you know, equivalence is that. For our greeting cards, which is insane, right? (laughs) And greeting cards, like, you look at them for one second. Maybe you hang them on your fridge for a month, but at the end of the day, they're going to end up in the trash. And same thing with wrapping paper. A lot of them can't be recycled because they're glossy or they're a photo card or they have glitter on them. Since we're talking about energy used to power homes, I think we also see waste from energy around the holidays. You know, we're all trying to light up our houses, have the biggest, brightest house in the neighborhood, um, we have new decorations inside and out that are requiring energy, or maybe we're using like a lot of crock pots for cooking. That's going to draw <laughs> extra energy. We have our heat, our heat on to keep our guests warm. There's going to be energy usage there. So I think there are, it's necessary for us to use energy around the holidays, but I do think there are ways we can cut back on the energy to prevent waste. Absolutely. And I feel the same way for transportation as well. During the holidays, right, there's a lot of travel, seeing loved ones far and wide. And there are a lot of miles racked up during that time, whether it's vehicle miles or flight miles. And I often, myself as someone who's an avid traveler, feel that guilt of, oh man, like I want to see my loved ones, but I have to take a flight halfway across the country. And that's such a huge carbon emission um, impact on the environment. And so I've tried to adopt some strategies to help 
me feel a little bit better about traveling by first just seeing if I can bus or train it, you know. Um, the, the train can often be a fun way to see the countryside and make it to a loved one. The trade-off, again, is that time factor. Uh, and then just looking into how can you do carbon offset or support carbon offset projects uh, where you, you know, plant you donate to an organization that plants trees or some airlines directly will have a link that allows you to do carbon offsets for that specific flight. And, and nowadays you can even buy flights uh, by looking at the amount of carbon emissions it will release. And I think that's a pretty cool feature too. So you can kind of be selective on maybe if I go in the morning flight, it'll be less um, uh, carbon emissions that come out than, than an evening flight, for example. So those are some ways that I try to tackle that, but I think a lot about the transportation piece too. Yeah, I like the like what you just suggested of looking at those things because I grew up like and we just had the four of us, me and my sister yeah. and my parents, and we never traveled. And then I got married and we're like, okay, we should, you know, kind of spread the love during the holiday season yeah. and nobody lives in the same place. <laughs> so like we have people in Florida and Virginia and Pennsylvania and California. So like we're all traveling whenever we want to all get together. And I think it's it makes me feel guilty. So yeah. I think that we're starting to make progress of like, if airlines have that already built in, that's awesome. Then I can look at that. I can think of that decision while I'm doing it rather than go back later and try to f- figure out how am I going to set off right. my carbon emissions. Totally. I love yeah. that. And I love that you're like choosing to offset your emissions by like purchasing like a carbon offset credit or a program. I was thinking for holidays, that could be like a gift. Like you could tell your mom, I'm going to fly to visit you. But for a gift for me, could you like support this program to offset my carbon emissions from my trip. That's a gift I would love. I wouldn't have to worry about wrapping paper. Yes, love it. You know what, my in-laws, they would still buy something. They'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. And then we'd still have it for something. But Uh, (laughs) they just love the gift, which is That's a good thing. Yeah, really generous. Mm -hmm. So I think now we've painted a really good but kind of scary picture of the amount of waste we produce around the holidays. So let's shift gears to something a bit more cheerful. Talk about strategies for cutting back this waste during our holiday celebrations. And to help transition into this, I wanted to share a story with both of you. When I was in middle school, my mom told my family that we were going to have an old-fashioned Christmas. And I had no idea what that was. As like a seventh grader, I was like, what's an old-fashioned Christmas? Like, what do you mean? So she told me that we were going to do things the way they did back in the 1800s and 1900s. So the way they celebrated Christmas back then. And this was a new concept to me. Um, but I was excited for it. I was like, yeah, like how they do things back in the day? Let's do that in our house. This will be really fun. So what we ended up doing is we focused on handmaking gifts for each other because there weren't huge department stores or super centers back then where you could buy gifts. It took us a bit more time, but it was more meaningful. We also wrapped our gifts in whatever we had. So newspaper, brown paper bags, and then we tied them up with twine. Um, We also just purchased a sheet of just blank white paper and then she had us kids decorate it with stamps to make it more festive. And that's how we wrapped our gifts. For our Christmas tree, we got a real tree and we put a popcorn string on it to decorate it. That was like the the garland, I guess. And then we we took orange rinds, we dried them out and we like cut them into shapes, like into hearts and stars. And then we would string that on as ornaments. Um, And then we also made some other ornaments too. So we had like a homemade like Christmas tree ornaments. And then um, the last thing we did is we sent out very simple handmade holiday cards. And this was our like old fashioned Christmas. Um, Now I thought all of this was great, right? I was like, this is fun. We get to do crafts together. We get to like add like, you know, scented orange things to our Christmas tree, love that. 
But what I didn't realize was that having an old fashioned Christmas meant that we had to leave all of our modern decorations in the attic. I was very upset. I was like, I want the glittery decorations too. I want all of our huge lights. I want our big decorations, our, all of our shiny like toys and stuff we bring out around the holidays. I wanted all of that. Um, but that wasn't allowed in the old fashioned Christmas because they didn't have that back then. They didn't have the excessive celebrations that we did. Um, so at the time I was upset, but looking back on this as an adult, I realized that our old fashioned Christmas was a very sustainable low waste event. Everything we created from our homemade wrapping paper to our Christmas tree decorations were either compostable or recyclable, which is so cool, right? And I think what this demonstrates is that having a sustainable holiday celebration is not a new concept. Mm -hmm. It's something we used to do back in the day without even realizing it. I think over time, our society has shifted to a holiday focused on convenience and consumerism, which we kind of already hit on, right? So I think the question is, how can we find a compromise that incorporates sustainability and still has this modern holiday flair to it. So what I want to ask both of you is what are some practical things you would recommend we can do to cut back this waste for our holiday celebrations? I love it. I think first of all, we need to bring the old Christmas tradition back in trend again. <laughs> it smells good. So. Right? I know. I was thinking, wow, orange rind peel decorations. Yeah, with the pine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but... I, I think that's a great question, and I think we could focus on a lot of different areas, maybe starting with gifts first, because I know we kind of started yeah. off chatting about gifts and how we can make them um, a little bit more sustainable. I know personally, I really like to gift people experience gifts. I love that. And um, I know as a kid, that was always my go-to gift, right? Because as a kid, you don't really have a lot of purchasing power. And so I remember being very excited, getting my paper and pencil, making coupons for people <laughs> that I would give. Like, here, mom, here's a dish coupon. I'll do the dishes. Or like, here, sister, here's like... Buy free hugs, <laughs> like Aww. something yeah. very, you know, um, something that I had the means to do. But I think that idea of gifting someone an experience that is something you can take from childhood into adulthood to see whether or not you could just take someone out for a nice, like, massage or just on, like, um, a really nice uh, museum visit. So that way you're not relying so much on needing to consume a material thing that you might need to end up throwing away I one love of, that one of my best friends and I actually kind of moved towards that so we <laughs> haven't lived in the same place for a long time now but I felt like once we got to the holidays we always had given each other gifts like um, when we were living in the like college sure. time um, and then I was just kind of stressed out because I hadn't seen her in a while we weren't living in the same place I was like in Ohio and she was in Wisconsin and then we decided we eventually just moved to like let's do something together mm -hmm. and that will be it because we now that we are not living in the same area and we both have families it's hard to get together so having just that special time to make that commitment and like we're gonna go celebrate the holidays together by going to do something together yeah. so it's not even even a necessarily a gift but like this is how we're gonna celebrate together yeah. I think has I been really that. great and it takes some <laughs> of the anxiety off of like I don't know what she likes right now or what she has um when you're not living with someone close by like you you don't know what they need all the right, time right so it's a win-win like you're giving some sort of gift but it's a gift of time and you can build your relationship and spend mm -hmm. meaningful time together I love that I know this isn't quite as fun but something else we can do is we can 
focus on what people actually need. That's my new yeah. thing is I'm not going to guess what to get you. I'm not even going to ask what you want. I'm going to say, what do you need? Because I want to make sure whatever I give you, you're going to use it. You're not going to like think that you want it and then realize you don't and then donate it or return it. Sure. So I like to ask people, what do you need? And if they have no idea, I like to buy them a gift card. I know yeah. that that's not really fun, right? But it guarantees that they'll have some money. They can buy some something that they actually will use. Totally. Yeah, I love getting gift cards. But I will say I hate giving them because I feel like it's so <laughs> impersonal. Yeah. Um, so I struggle with that because I want them to have something they want. And then when we're talking about returns, you know, there's a whole other layer of like, okay, right. even if they don't like it, it might not actually make it back to somebody else that needs it. So I think that's so hard. Um, some of the things that I've been trying to do is really try to shop locally, like going down Main Street one day and like just popping in the store and trying to support um, local business and the local economy, I think, is really valuable. And I think it's something that mm -hmm. we could, each of us could do and at different price points of where you're going. You can sure. find lots of different things. Um, and I think that's something that I want to go do this year. So Green Life Trading Company is down on Willie Street. And I went there recently and I got like, oh, one of those wool things for your dryer. Oh, wool, sure. wool yeah, yeah. yeah. And like a shampoo bar because I had been wanting to try them so much. And then when I was there, I was like, oh, this is like some things that I can try out. And if I like them, like my family can use the wool ball thing. Was that what they're called? Wool balls? Yeah, dryer wool balls. Dry, dryer wool balls, yeah. yeah. Um, and because I know how many, like, my mom loves, like, Those the softener lines. sheets. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that's something <laughs> I could get her, yeah, yeah. Um, that she would use. And it's a little bit more sustainable. So trying to find places that have more sustainable products or just places that are local where you can support the local economy. Because we know that the economy is so tied into what sustainability and being more localized means. Yeah. I love that and really resonate with getting people gifts that will help them live a low-waste lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly that person where I'm like, here's some re reusable produce mesh bags. Yep. <laughs> Here is um, a shampoo bag. Here is a reusable water bottle. <laughs> hint, hint. <Yep. laughs> um, so I think sometimes giving people the alternatives or resources with which to start their low-waste lifestyle journey can be really great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Something else we could do, and I know this requires a little bit extra time, is we could try to hand make gifts for people. Mm -hmm. That really allows you to, you know, put your heart into it, put some love into it. Um, one year, I decided to hand make all my family's gifts, so I made. Wow. It was a lot. I was like <laughs> working for days, um, but I made homemade beeswax wrap for everyone. Wow. And then I also sewed produce bags. Like, I don't know where this came from, but mm -hmm. I just, like, had all these crafting skills, and I just, like, I made them all these gifts. And bonus, they were sustainable gifts, like you were saying, Sujata. Um, but that's something else we could do. I feel like there's DIY info online for literally anything, <laughs> like candles, whatever, yeah. like soap, whatever you want to make someone. There's guaranteed instructions online for how to do for it. Sure. You just have to find it and then set the, the time aside. Yeah, I remember also as a kid, like, making gifts um, because I learned how to crochet. So I mm. – but I'm not crafty at all. So I, like, just made the straight lines, and I just went around and made, like, one of those winter headbands. So I think I made, like, ten of them for, like, everybody in my family. But then I'm like, well, I can't make anything else. Or, like, whenever I try to make a scarf, I, like, couldn't count right, and then it would all be weird. So uh, I think – Sometimes I can make gifts, but sometimes I'm, like, way not crafty enough. <laughs> um, but everybody got a very nice headband, so that was my DIY at one point. <laughs> oh, so <Love> cool. <laughs> so earlier we talked about waste from gift wrapping. 
what is your favorite alternative to the standard like shiny sparkly wrapping paper that's a great question i think what i tend to do is find gift bags and reuse them i tend to like keep all the gift bags that i get and the reason i like using gift bags is usually you can put any shaped gift in them and i don't have to worry about like will it fit in this box that i then have to wrap kind of thing so i'm a fan of gift bags that are reusable i do recognize that they might get some wear and tear over some some time so that that works to a certain limit and when i can't do that i've seen really lovely towels towel wrapping around gifts and you can use like string to 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 kind of top it off and have it be sort of like a very fun cozy look with a beautiful decorated towel covering your gift inside so i think that could be another fun approach depending on the size of your gift again gift baskets are also great (laughs) it's just in a basket that could be reused so I'm a big fan of gift baskets too if you want to do lots of little trinkets maybe edible gift basket right if we really want to go low waste (laughs) plant-based right oh Oh, I love it just layering all the good (laughs) purchased locally yes So a question about the like the towel wrapping, can that be used as an actual towel as well? It's kind of like a double gift. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And there are some good videos online that teach people how you can do that. So if anyone is interested or perhaps you're already into folding like origami, that could totally be another thing that uh, one picks up doing in life uh, that could Again, just make for a better, more sustainable packaging option for giving gifts. Yeah. I think, yeah, it definitely has multiple uses. I think that's so important uh, because there, yeah. I think a few years ago there was a lot of debate of, like, are reusable bags actually better for the environment right. or not? Yeah. So at the time I had done some research, and there's lots of different numbers, but kind of the one that I kept the research kept coming back to is that you have to use a reusable bag 107 times before yeah. it's, like, more sustainable than other thing. I think I've definitely had some of my bags and used them 170 <laughs> times. Um, because they're, yeah, they're kind of worn down. But I think that's also something to consider is like, are you going to use something more than one time? So I like love the towel idea because it actually has another use rather than just being a bag right. um, that you have to wait for a certain holiday. But I definitely keep all my bags because I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of these. I'm yeah. going to reuse them and save some money. Like, <laughs> totally. I, expensive. I didn't realize how much oh, yeah. bags were until recently. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm unwrapping my gifts on Christmas, I'm, like, looking at everything I can save, like, saving this bow, saving this bag, unwrapping this paper super carefully so I can reuse it next year and wrap a gift (laughs) with that. I think that's, like, the first step is just, like, look at what you're doing and figure out what you can, like, save and reuse and repurpose next year. Yeah, absolutely. One of the cool things that I bought couple of years ago and it's for Santa Claus so once Santa Claus comes he can use this bag so it's a big it's pretty big I don't know maybe like a two by three foot bag oh, and it's like a canvas bag and it has my children's names on it mm-hmm. so Santa whatever gift he brings them can put them in these bags so they get filled up so there's no wrapping paper that Santa <laughs> has to do and there already is a name on it we're gonna I would assume use them for their whole lives whenever Santa is coming to visit my children. So I love that when my friends makes like stuff like with prints. So you can find these like big Santa bags and get them personalized for children. And we'll definitely use it for like the next 16, 18 years, maybe even after that. As long as Santa's <laughs> coming to drop off right. the gifts. 
So I thought that was kind of a cute way that we could put, or Santa could put as much as he could on in this one bag, no matter what size it is over time. Um, and something special to have a tradition. Totally. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I love it. It's kind of like a giant stocking. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, like, bags and fabric, um, something I did recently is when I was younger, my mom sewed a lot, so she ended up collecting a bunch of just, like, scraps of material that she couldn't use for her projects and put them in this huge bin. So when I was at her house a couple of years ago, I just, like, went in that bin and grabbed a ton of the bigger scraps, brought them back to my house, and then I just started wrapping people's gifts in this fabric and then just tying it up with string to hold it all together. Mm. And that was really fun because you can like choose different patterns and like yeah. kind of make your gifts all match. Yeah. They look really pretty. But then <laughs> on Christmas Day, once they open their gifts, I was like, okay, give me that cloth bag. I'm going to use an extra, <laughs> like recollect all my I wrapping. That. <laughs> so that's a good option too if you have like even like an old t shirt. I, maybe that yeah. sounds weird, <laughs> but like if you have like like a red t shirt, like yeah, you can like wrap their gift in it and then just ask for it back unless they want to wear the t shirt, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe that dual purpose gift again. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. repurpose this t shirt <laughs> and gift it to you. Yeah. Something That's really fun. cool my, my aunt did. So she's actually a pilot. So cool. Like, I really look up to her. But she always has a ton of flight maps and she would wrap our gifts in flight maps. Oh, wow. And That's I was like, great. this is yeah. so cool. Like, I would save the maps and like try to read them. Like, what are all these big circles? <laughs> like, what do these mean? And I think something else is we're we're all moving toward like Google Maps and using GPS. Guaranteed, like you or your parents probably have some old paper maps somewhere. Can you like wrap all your gifts in maps this year and then like recycle those when you're done? <laughs> that could be a fun option. Totally. Or if you find those old Google Maps sheets when you're younger, you know, like maybe ten years ago, you had to print your Google oh, Maps directions. Yeah. Uh, It'd be so like funny if you like found one of those. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. All these old oh, printed goodness. papers. I'm sure there's some laying around my family. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, thank you for listening to part one of our special holiday edition episode. Be sure to tune into part two next week, where we will continue our discussion of strategies for cutting back holiday waste and answering the age-old question of which is truly more sustainable, a real or artificial holiday tree. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.